is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. Before I start, uh, I would love to ask someone to help me, but not just someone. I need someone 20 or less year old. It can be plus one or two, but 20 or less. It can be 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, teen, 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 someone. It's not, oh yeah, thank you very much. Actually, I asked one week ago, you can just sit and relax. It's not complicated, but I really need your help. Oh, yeah. It's, if, you, if you stay... Oh, God knows how to keep us humble. I still remember once I went to Hague, Netherlands. And before I was telling stories to my youngest son and David and, and Goliath, and he said, Daddy, you, you big like Goliath. I brought pictures from Netherlands. I was staying amidst of three guys, one meter taller than me. And I, and I came back, Sean, I said, never call me Goliath anymore. <laughs> da- David is fine, but not Goliath, definitely. Yeah. I was asked to preach or to start this series of preachings. And uh, I'm going to share the story about uh, Philip. And uh, as an introduction, I'm going to read what Martin sent me, have sent me. And, you know, because I'm traveling a lot, sometimes it's easy to lose the context, what God is doing, and uh, what the background of the idea to have a series of three preachings about the Caleb, uh, Ananius, and Philip. Uh, so I'm, I'm just starting this morning lessons from Philip, and what is your name? Boa. 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 Boa is going to read, so you need to, do, to prepare yourself. You're, no, you're going to read whole chapter 8 from Book of Acts. It's a lot. And few reasons, actually, for this. First of all, my English is not good. So if you hear the proper English, so you get word from God. Anyway. <laughs> Second reason, I really feel that we need someone on a stage, 20 or younger. I don't know why, but I really feel we need more young people on a stage. I started to preach when I was 16. And I was growing up because Someone gave me responsibility, and I was surrounded with fathers and mothers who were so kind and encouraged me to grow in my gifts and grow in responsibilities. So I really feel God wants us to give space for those who are very young and be surrounded with mature people. Amen? A few minutes later, so just feel comfortable. So Martin has sent me this. I will read it. In beginning of March, in a number of different settings, prayer settings, Sunday mornings, God began to speak to us. 
and a consistent theme was coming through. One Sunday at, a, at the partner venue, there were so many words that it was decided not to have the preach, but instead to continue to pursue God in worship and prayer. From the many words, phrases like this were shared. God is asking us to give him our all. Are you going to be sold out for God? Felix Oppen, one of the elders and who are normally worships with the great Denham congregation, felt God speak to him that morning and tell him to go to the partner service. This is what Felix shared that Sunday morning. Good morning, family. For those who, of you who don't know me, I normally worship at Great Denham. And this morning when I was praying, I felt a sense of God saying, go to Patna, today of all days. My wife Joyce was serving at the other side, so getting the kids ready and everything. Today is not the ideal time to come here, but I came anyway. It was un- un- uncomfortable. I didn't know why I was here, but... Now it's making a lot of sense. There is a shift going on, and I felt that God was telling me was, this is how you have to obey me. Sometimes it doesn't have to make sense, just like little kids. God is telling us that we need to obey him like little children, put aside all the assumptions. Once you are convinced God is speaking to you, don't, don't analyze it, just do it. It will make us uncomfortable. But just do it. And that is where God wants to move us as a church. And then the song-consuming fire kept being shared and sung, uh, and sung in different settings. The words of this song unlined this theme again. The chorus goes like this. Consuming fire, fan into flame, and patient for your name. Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way with us. This has come through with such strength we felt that we should follow this theme and preach into it. Martin Hansen and Andrea are going to do this by sharing for the next three weeks. Each week they will look at someone who followed God in their generation. We'll look at Ananias, Philip, and Caleb. Our praise, Lord, have your way in us, individually, as families, and as a church family. Amen. So, well, can you read, please, the chapter 8? Um, actually, no, no, can, can you read from, and can you use the mic, please? Um, from Book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 1 till the end. It's, it's a lot of work. It's reason why I ask you. <laughs> So I'll sit here and just enjoy. <laughs> and Saul so reproved for the killing of him. The church persecuted and scattered on that day. The great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all the spectre hostels were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women, put them in prison. Those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went, Philip. They went down to a sea in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the sign he performed, they all played close attention to what he said. For with sheiks, impure spirits come out of many. <laughs> 
and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed, so that the great joy in that city. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced scorching in the city amazed of people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people both high and low gave him attention, exclaimed this man rightly, called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with scorching, but then they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. And of the Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed that he was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw when the apostles in Jerusalem heard the Samaria had accepted the word of God. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit that had not yet come on them, they had simply been baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the Spirit, he was given at the laying of the apostles' hands. He offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands on receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or shame in this ministry because the heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness. And pray for the Lord in hope that they may forgive you for such a thought of bitterness and captives of sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of God and testified to Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in merry Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way to Ethiopian Enoch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandahi, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in Cariath, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the carrier and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the carrier and heard the man reading Isaiah prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Enoch was reading. He was led like a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before his shearer and silent. So he did not open his mouth in humiliation. He was deprived of justice. He can speak of descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. Then I asked Philip, tell me, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the passage of the scripture and told him good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and Enoch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of being baptized? And he gave orders to, the, to stop the carrier. Then both Philip and Enoch went down into the river. Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and Enoch did not see him again. But went on his way to rejoice in Philip. However, I appeared at Zetus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all towns until he reached the... Caesarea. Yeah. Caesarea. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Please take a seat. Thank you. Uh, this is interesting question. Actually, it's a beautiful picture, yes? It's a great story, very exciting, very dynamic. I love this. And the question is, why Luke chose this story out of many? Because it was not 
he, was right, he wasn't writing a book on a way, like chapter by chapter, month by month. It was after a while his, he was listening, studying a lot of stories and just put it into one book. Why? Why he, he chose this one? Because the goal for this book is to, to, to show how the Jesus' great commission has been fulfilled. Step by step. From Jerusalem through Judea, Samaria, Galilee, into Gentiles' world, until the end of the world. This is reason. So, there is a God's call for all of us. And we have our agendas, we have our preferences, but also God has his goal. Amen? And church is a tool in his hands to fulfill. We are blessed, and we have call to be blessed. And also we have... We have a call to see God's big picture and be involved into reaching his goals. We are family on a mission. Amen. Amen. And the book of Acts hasn't been properly ended. It's like to be continued. The feeling is it's to be continued. Chapter 28. It's no greetings, no summary. It's just dot. It's it. Or I see or I feel like dot, 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 dot. So we are continuing. Till now, because there are still more than 2,000 languages, Bible, no piece from Bible has been translated yet. There are so many nations, little or bigger, not reached yet. But God's goal is to reach, to bless, because only one, one opportunity to, to experience blessing from God is to come and back to Him and enjoy Him. This is our mission, to enjoy God to rejoice him and share this and invite people into this relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Uh, so from this big story, we'll took only three little lessons. So I called my sermon lessons from Philip and first it should be some, some notes. Uh, we're going to look at mindset, Philip's mindset, which allowed him to make some very important decisions or to initiate something. Because all of us, we are having a foundation, and foundation in, is checked in a very in a dramatic situation. Uh, situations can be local, national, global, doesn't matter, but the foundation we are building our life and ministry will be checked. So there is a time in our life when we are put in foundation, there is a time to be shaken or experience to be shaked. And Philip went through this. All churches in Jerusalem went through this because after Stephen's uh, death, huge, incredible persecution raised up. And everyone had to leave Jerusalem. And, they, uh, and you know, when, when you have to leave, it's not like prepared journey. Uh, for example, one year ago, we had five minutes to collect stuff from our house. And sometimes it's not, it's not something they, they knew about in advance. It suddenly happened. So you, you are taking what you could. Sometimes you, you, you can't even uh, visit your house or take stuff. You're leaving and finding yourself, like weeks later, months later, in new place, trying to understand what's going on. And you can't, you can't, uh, you can't plan your reaction. You can't plan your emotion. It's, uh, it's just going, going up from inside, and you're trying to, to, to deal with it. 
But foundation, which has been left uh, late already, is really important. And we are acting, uh, and it depends on what is in our heart. So, I really believe this chapter is a huge compliment to, to, to the Jerusalem church. And to the apostles. Quite often I'm hearing people saying, oh, um, the Jerusalem church has been too focused on on Jerusalem, on reaching out the Jerusalem, uh, developing church life. And because they haven't been obedient, God raised up persecution and they find, uh, find out themselves in different places. I don't believe in it. I really believe that Jerusalem church has an incredible season. First time established church, full of life, a lot of miracles. They've been putting all Jesus' teaching into practice, building foundation. And the picture when we are reading chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, it's beautiful. I think all of us, when we are reading, we think, oh, our local church has to be like, okay, we know it's early church, it's not mature church yet. We are going to. Because God is leading us to maturity. But anyway, the picture of Jerusalem church is beautiful. Amen? So, when everyone disappeared and spread it out, we can read. John Stott made a... Um, it's, it's okay. It's just a reminder that time... We are on earth yet. Because when I'm speaking English, I'm just losing sense of time, and it's not helpful at all. <laughs> so first lesson, to see seeing the challenge as an opportunity. John Stott said, those who were scattered preached the gospel. That doesn't mean that they all became professional preachers or missionaries. The Greek expression used here means that they simply shared the good news. They shared what they believe in. They knew that Jesus is our all. And when you are in a new context and people asking who you are, how to describe? Okay, we can talk about the job, our hobbies, but the deeper conversation in the more real, in what we are believing in. Why have joy... Why they had joy, they lost everything, but they still had joy. Why or how they could uh, had a hope? Because they had one who is hope. So it's anyway, during the conversation we are sharing, and it's happened, and thousands who scattered even into Samaria, they started to share the gospel very naturally, when they're making connection, when they're trying to get a job or trying to sign a uh, tenancy agreement, let's say this way. I know we just went this through. So th- there are a lot of opportunities to share, and because foundation they shared. And Philip, one of, of the story, actually Philip uh, and, and his family. It's hard, but it's very natural. And also, uh, he found himself in this context 
God was giving him special anointing because when he was shared about Jesus, people started to ask more questions because, you know, there is a huge hunger around us. Huge hunger. People can't be... Uh, people can't say enough by following death religion. Everyone needs or has a desire for living God. And when we are sharing with the joy, people asking, okay, you're following this religion, but why do you have joy? Because it's not just religion. I, I know Jesus who is alive, who died for me, who loves me. Oh, is he really alive? Yeah, what he can do? How, can, how, can, how I can experience it? Oh, he can heal you if you need. He can, he can uh, comfort your heart. And so many people just resonate and they said, oh, I have a pain. I think we are scary about these moments. Sometimes I feel scary to share with unbelievers about miracles I've seen because I know when we are sharing, the word is releasing faith. And people will ask, okay, it's great stories from your past or other nations. What about here and now? I have a pain. Can you pray for me? So it's better sometimes to tell general stories. <laughs> if you don't want to put us into a risky position. I still remember one day I was queuing to get a visa to Germany years, years ago. It was nearly impossible for us. And uh, the officer said, guys, I had to come in a few weeks' time. But they said, six months later, today you'll get only date, appointment for like five, six months later to get a visa. And the young, young girl, she, she was going to study in Germany with no student visa. I was sharing the story how God provided visas for me in the past. So many stories, so many, many miracles. He turned to me and, he, and she said, she asked me, can you promise me or tell me that today we'll get visas? I was brave before that moment. <laughs> I was bold because so many things got done already. And I said... Okay, if not today, tomorrow definitely. <laughs> she, she, she just lost interest because she got what she needed, promise. She turned, and this, we've been staying in a queue. Officer came. He was counting, I don't know why, people. She was just the person before me. I was behind. She put his hand on her shoulder, and, he, and she said, you young lady will get appointment today, and you man tomorrow. <laughs> We've got visas. Miracle happened. But it's a scary moment. But there is opportunity. How we can see and challenge this opportunity? How we can develop this mindset or put this foundation very quickly? We need to remind, believe, and live in this reality. Our God is king ruling sovereignly and powerfully. He directs the entire course of human history to a grandiose, beautiful final, and he has no dead ends. He is loving and capable of turning evil into good. I have many stories 
And one little story from China, but it's powerful. In 1849, main missionaries from the West have been thrown out, 637. And Chinese church was beheaded. But 20, I have numbers actually. Uh, 20, 286 of missionaries started ministry in Southern, Southeast Asia and Japan. And the rest in different places. But the Chinese church in these challenging times during the next 50 years grew in more than 50 times. I think how possible. God is ruling and he's powerful. And you know, we are celebrating often when God is opening the doors for us. Like, we can start new ministry, there is opportunity, someone offered us new, I don't know, responsible leadership uh, uh, um, position. So it's like developing. And we are scary when the, clo- the doors are closed. I have learned that Jesus, who has keys, and key to open and to close down the doors. And it's, I really feel we need to learn how to celebrate. I need to learn how to celebrate. Not only the moments when Jesus is opening doors, but also when he is closing the door, uh, doors. Because if he closed down the one door, it means he is going to open another one. And we are in his hands. We can't enter all the doors. Yes, some doors are very wonderful. And we, we have desire to enter. But he knows the best for us. And if he's closing the door for us, even in local, local context, some, sometimes we just feel that that ministry I've been involved for years. Somehow I just feel it's not time to continue. I need to finish and this scary moment, what I'm going to do? Let's trust God. God, if he's closing down one door, he's going to open another one. So it's, I think it's important to, to, for us to learn this lesson. And Philip does. Uh, second lesson is, seeing in supernatural difficulty is a call to cooperation. From that story, uh, Philip was sharing the gospel Thousands of people being saved, baptized, churches started to be established, grow. He saw so many miracles, but one point was very disappointed to him. He was full of spirit, but he hadn't seen anyone yet from thousands being baptized in spirit. I'm sure he prayed all the best prayers with laying hands without, praying without everything. Because if we have desire, we know everyone needs power of Holy Spirit. Everyone needs relationship with him. And if it's not happened yet, he can't see the fullness of this experience. And somehow apostles from Jerusalem have heard about what's going on in Samaria and they came. And I really believe that Philip was not hiding, but shared this difficulty. He said, friends, Peter, John, I don't know why, 
but in all our new churches, all our believers, amongst them, no one experienced being baptized in Holy Spirit and this wonderful experience to pray in tongues, to prophesy, just, just be filled. I don't know why. Can you help me? They said, yeah. They prayed, lay, lay, lay hands on them, and everyone was, has been baptized. I think, why? Miracles happened. People been set free from demonic influence. A lot of miracles happened, healings, but not being baptized. Everyone has limitations. This is just reality. One friend said to me, embrace your pain. You won't have everything. Just, just embrace this reality and learn how to cooperate with others. Quite often we are in stuck. It doesn't matter how big is our ministry, it doesn't matter. It can be very little or big. No one can provide everything. We need to learn how to partner. And also, when, when apostles came from the, from the Jerusalem, they've done their work and they left. They knew for that moment it's not their responsibility. Even they are better in this area, they knew this is Philip's responsibility. We are here to help. I think it's a lot of, there are a lot of lessons we need to learn. But when God extends in our ministry, we'll have so many areas when we can help but not to dominate. We're just learning. We came, we helped, we left. And also those who are leading. It's fine to realize that I don't know everything. Uh, we, had a, we had a challenge. We really felt challenge from God to mobilize our churches for evangelism. And we had team meeting. And we, we just recognized there are no evangelists amongst us. We have different gifts. But we need, I can teach about evangelism, but I don't have this gift. I'm sharing the gospel, but it's not my primary gift. So we invited evangelists from outside, from other part of uh, Ukraine, and for two years, one weekend in a month, he spent with us, and our church and churches around has been transformed dramatically. We just humble ourselves and ask for help. I think this is a huge lesson from Philip. We need each other. And last lesson. I know there are a lot. It just, I'd love to pick up from this story. And how to develop this attitude. Remember that no one has the fullness of wisdom or all the gifts. Appreciate, appreciate and seek out people to partner with with other gifts and who are more gifted or experienced in certain areas and learn to interact with strong and talented people. This is, it's a lot of work, but we have time. We'll learn. Amen? I'm learning now it's in, in the planting churches in Europe. I'm asking friends and I just came back, yesterday I came back from Krakow when we had gathering for church planters. And there are some great Polish guys. I said, guys, we need you. We can't reach Polish people without learning from you. Please, please come. Please help us. Please train us. Please share your wisdom. And next gathering, next month, whole our gathering, Polish leaders will teach share their experience, and I'm looking forward because we'll be, we'll be more prepared after this. We need each other. Amen? Amen.
Okay, third, third lesson, uh, lesson. I think time nearly gone, yeah? Thank you. You're very kind, Samuel. <laughs> and can I ask you to, pr to lead in prayer then, yeah? Thank you. We are partners. It's not well planned, I know, but I'm not English, so forgive me. Sometimes we are spontaneous, but I think you're from Africa, so we have some similarity. Good, good. Third lesson is, in the newness of God's call, an intriguing anticipation of a miracle. Sometimes we have experience, and our best experience can, can be the biggest danger. There is a path we know very well. This is, creates habits in our life and also way of thinking. God can initiate everything. Our God has more than one great idea. Amen? Or one great scenario. A lot of. So after being in public ministry with a great success, Philip felt that Holy Spirit asking him to leave Samaria and go to the way from Jerusalem to actually Africa <laughs> with no explanation why just a little description it will be empty road what a wonderful message leave crowds success, successful ministry and go to the empty road can I say before Philip from that journey never came back to Samaria it was one of the Worst transition plan. <laughs> he was leading huge work, stopped by Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit just asked him, leave everything, go to the empty road for some reasons, with no explanation. He went, then he met important man from Ethiopia, shared the gospel, we know that beautiful picture, story. That man received Jesus, being baptized. An angel took Philip and put into another place near the sea, Mediterranean Sea. Out from Samaria to the sea. Sometimes we need angels to take on from our comfortable, successful ministry. So I think... Okay, let me just guess. Probably, sometimes we are not brave enough to leave our context. Especially, we have very successful ministry. We need angel to take us and to put into new reality. It's not probably uh, the best feeling, but it was great. And he was walking all and preaching, sharing the gospel through all many villages and towns. And he reached Caesarea. And by the history, he never came back to Samaria and he became bishop of Caesarea. Who was looking after Samaria? Because sometimes we are too worried about, I have started, what will happen? God in charge of everything. Everything belongs to him. Sometimes we too worry. If I initiated something, I have to finish. No. If you start something, it means God gave you grace to start it. And he can give grace to finish to someone. We need to be a bit more relaxed. <laughs> God is in control of everything. 
So when we are reading the next chapter, we see all churches across the Judea, Samaria, and Galilee has been in peace and fear of God. And Peter felt in his heart, he started to travel from Jerusalem and visit all churches around that Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and just apostolically minister to them. So if God is asking us to leave something, he has someone to continue. And he has an idea for us. Uh, What Philip brought about obedience, I mean, our elder, I'm referring to his experience a few months ago, come to partner with no idea why. You know, it's hard for leader to come without agenda. It it's looks strange, and he felt strange. Come to partner, he's not preaching, he's not invited to host, he, he didn't have any prophetic message, and left his wife, he, she was involved in ministry, left kids. It's strange. But when he was obedient, then he understood why. I think it's 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 incredible picture for all of us. Obedience, an ability to hear God's voice, and respond with ability with, with obedience. This is the way for fruitful life. But fruitful life sometimes looks like not fruitful life when we compare to the some other people. But God never compares us. He never. He has planned and he invites us as his kids to join what he is doing. And sometimes he is asking us to do little things, like go to the empty road and just meet one, just meet one, 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 one man or one lady. Just say something. Sometimes with the prophetic words, God has given us, but it has no sense for us. How I can share if I can't explain, but we are body of Christ. One is sharing, one is having understanding, and how it works. So it's, I, I think it's really cool for us to learn to walk in obedience, and God's scenario is beautiful. It's much better. Isaiah said, I love, I, I will finish with this. Isaiah said, 55, 8 to, to 9, God is saying through, through, through the prophet, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. But as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is incredible. And he has plan. He has beautiful plan. And he has role for everyone in his plan. It doesn't matter the age, social position, our past. He has plan. Because we are his family and this is biggest joy for our father in heaven to involve all family into his work. It's like in our house, sometimes to involve your kids, this is headache, but this is the biggest joy. 
Sometimes you need to redone everything, especially if you are building house. We have this experience. A lot of pain of using karma. A lot of wrong things, but the biggest joy in the evening. We've done with my boys. This is feeling of our father. We are not, sometimes we don't feel prepared or qualified. Yeah, we need to learn. And, but we are learning on a way by saying yes, making steps of faith, cooperating with more experience, more gifted in some areas, and God's work and done, and we have to celebrate something. I really feel this is call for us to go in obedience. Amen. Samuel, can you lead us in prayer, please? Father God, we, we want to thank you for the word this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, Father God, that you call us to be obedient and to recognize our limitations and to give you the lead in all that we're doing, Father God. Thank you for, and for bringing the word this morning. We pray, Father God, that you continue to help us to live according to your calling in our lives. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.